1: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. One of the good things about this job is I don't spend all my time in my comfort zone. By which I mean I don't only go to the sort of films I'd normally choose to go to. I generally go because I have no choice. I need three or four movies to review. And most weeks the cinemas kindly offer me three or four movies. And sometimes it's the ones I wouldn't go to that offer unexpected pleasures. I lost everything that ever mattered to me. And if we quit now, that's for nothing. I don't want to see you die, which is why I'm going to leave the room. Last week, it was Dungeons and Dragons, based on a game I wouldn't play for a bet, and already fighting the curse of most movies about games. I was pleasantly surprised. But just as many times with movies I think I'll like, I find myself bitterly disappointed.
0: Lock the doors. Stay
1: in your boobs. Everyone is in danger.
0: All right, when's the murder mystery start?
1: Glass Onion, for instance, boasted a star-studded cast and a more than decent filmmaker, Ryan Johnson. It was a tribute to both whodunit queen Agatha Christie and a favourite Beatles song, and yet, sadly... In other words, it's always a gamble, but at least in your comfort zone, there's something to enjoy. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living.
0: Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun.
1: Bullet Train was rubbish, but star Brad Pitt and a cameo from Sandra Bullock made it tolerable. I can enjoy anything with favourite actors in it. Carrie Mulligan and Scarlett Johansson, Robert De Niro and Judi Dench, Florence Pugh and Jim Broadbent. You stole from the National Gallery a priceless portrait of the Duke of Wellington by Francisco José de Goya. Not very good, is it? My comfort zone includes films about history, particularly medieval history for some reason. I enjoy movies about music or theatre or food. Also, my expectations are raised by a reputable filmmaker, Stephen Frears, Scorsese and the Coen brothers, Lona Shaffig, and Steve McQueen.
0: I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York.
1: Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped sold into slavery. But all these people are equally capable of disappointing me, which is why I like it when there's no choice. There's a good chance I'll be surprised one way or another. Still, that wasn't the case this week. This week, I was spoiled for choice. Right. So you just thought you'd show up at the front door. Look, if anybody back there has to where I am, just tell them I'm sick. You got it. Sick in the head. OK, two of the films pretty much picked themselves. One of them, Air, was about an important subject, how the greatest basketball player ever helped create the greatest basketball shoe ever. It stars the hugely reliable Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who also directed it. And the other is a feel-good flick from La Belle France. Nothing special maybe, but Driving Madeleine features French stars Danny Boone and veteran Lynn Renault and was a big hit at home. So that's two, one to go. I mean, how hard can it be?
0: Oh, I got this. No problem. Ah! <laughs> oh! Yes! Oh! Come on, Mario! Our big adventure begins now! Ah! Get it out! Get it out! Get it out!
1: The Easter holidays as always bring a fair number of animated features for the kids. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. I like animation, Pixar, old Disney classics, Studio Ghibli and the rest, but that's not what's on offer this week.
0: Mario, 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 Mario. All right. That's a go
1: top of the list in terms of publicity is the super mario brothers movie based on the long-running video game now i've never played it so i have no idea how true to the spirit of the game it is not
0: sure if you know who i am but i'm about to rule the world wow uh yay but there's one problem there's a human has a mustache just like you
1: There are two brothers, Mario and Luigi, but only Mario appears to count. He's up against someone or something called Bowser, voiced by Jack Black. At least Jack is having a good time. Everyone else seems to be phoning it in. There's a huge universe out there. With a lot of galaxies. They're all counting on us. The intended appeal of the Super Mario Brothers movie, I gather, is how often it ticks off references to the various Super Mario games over the years. This explains the cute mushroom people led by Princess Peach and the irritating noises every time something explosive happens. Well, clearly there's no point me going to this one, since I don't even understand the trailer. Let's check out the other animated features. Here's a French film with the unpromising title, Argo Nuts.
0: I've always wanted to be a heroine. Patty! Stand at the ready, my gallant crew!
1: Oh, <gasps> a hero is a big, strong human, Paddy, not a little mouse like you all. Well it's called Argo Nuts Now. Before that it was called Epic Tales, spelt T-A-I-L-S because it's about a mouse called Patty. Before that, because it's also a riff on Greek myths, it was called Patty and the Wrath of Poseidon, which was hiding an allure in the tiny tots.
0: My favorite hero above all of the rest is Jason, because he brought back the Golden Fleece. We must choose Zeus, our gratitude! To Zeus, master of Olympus!
1: So, Argonauts, which opens with Patty the Mouse, Sam the Timid Cat, and well-known Greek hero Jason. Jason's a bit long in the tooth now, but still capable of putting up a statue of top god Zeus. All right,
0: I'll give you seven days to make a statue of me that's as beautiful as my brother's. The countdown has begun. Come on, girly, they're all counting on us.
1: This enrages Zeus's brother Poseidon who demands equal billing. This means another quest on Jason's old boat the Argo. Though really it means wacky trips through the world of Greek mythology.
0: I don't know what's up for glory. It's time to show these cyclops what we're made of. You ready? We're ready. It's
1: The animation is fairly dismal. Everything looks like a rubber toy for some reason. The French to English script has clearly lost something in translation and whoever was doing the voice of Patty the Mouse should have been told to stop it. Do I have to see Argonauts? No, I don't. What else have you got? What's Mathka the Forest Song?
0: The time has come for me to tell the full truth. The battle all those winters ago Humans and the forest alike. Fire and hatred without end.
1: This is a fairy tale from Ukraine, and the animation is certainly an improvement on both Argonauts and the Super Mario Brothers. But it's a bit avatar light, you know, humans versus forest creatures. Hi, my name's Lucas.
0: It says you'll pay well. Hmm. You can't waste your money on me. I'm old and... So what do I have to do? Find me the tree with this leaf.
1: Lucas the flute player is sent by an evil queen to hunt down a specific tree. He needs the money. His uncle Leo is not well, it seems. But it's dangerous in those woods. There are tickle fairies for a start.
0: People say that behind the dark mountain, the water nymphs and tree spirits can tickle you to death. Come closer. You're laughing and laughing and then...
1: <laughs> but there's also Mavka who dances about in the time-honoured Disney princess manor while a sport Jiminy cricket type warns her about the dangers of hanging out with humans. Will Mavka listen? Of course, she won't.
0: You are the most amazingly beautiful demon I have ever seen. I am not a demon. I am Mavka, the soul of the forest.
1: Wow. So, musician meets demon, I'm sorry, soul of the forest, which in a certain light looks a bit like a demon to me. But their love is under fire, not just from Mavka's annoying sidekick, the voice work on all three animated features is generally pretty bad, but from the Wicked Queen. Lucas was at the
0: source of life. There's only one way to stop this evil strike first!
1: Now, in the right mood, I might have picked Mavka, the forest song. Sorry, the trailer's a bit unhelpful on the subject of the song itself as my third choice. Ukraine is very much in the news and the parallels with other invading despots are unavoidable, though probably coincidental.
0: Now my heart is full of something that will never die.
1: The only magic
0: humans have is love.
1: But, well, not my thing, and there is another choice. Russell Crowe's back in a film that's at least live-action and aimed at adults, by which I mean it's a horror film called The Pope's Exorcist. Russell Crowe, The Pope's Exorcist. I'm not sure which of those three ideas is least appealing.
0: Father Gabriele Amort. On the night of June 4th, You performed an exorcism. That was not an exorcism.
1: And wait, there's more, and frankly worse. The trailer, and I assume the film, opens with the words inspired by the actual files of the chief exorcist of the Vatican, meaning, according to the Pope's exorcist, that it's all true. Sure it is.
0: The majority of cases do not require an exorcism. 98% are recommended by him to doctors and psychiatrists. The other 2%, I call it evil.
1: The producers of the film aren't exactly theological scholars. One of them produced something called Brain Eaters and the classic Snakes on a Plane. The other made the slightly more respectable, if hardly doctrinally sound, Bad Boys for Life. And, of course, there's Russell Crowe.
0: The church has
1: fought against this demon before. The Vatican covered it up. We need to find out why... Now, for all the fact that Go, Russ, Go is occasionally a little hard to love, he's a pretty good actor, and he does give The Pope's Exorcist the best it deserves. But I'm not big on horror films anyway, least of all ones cloaked in pseudo-religious mumbo-jumbo. And The Pope's Exorcist isn't even nearby. I have to drive way out of town if I want to see it.
0: You've been played. You talk the baits.
1: Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. But, of course, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any of these, which is why it's going to be just you and me, Aaron driving Madeline. I mean, this going out of your comfort zone and this just torturing herself for no good reason. And the infuriating thing is that there really was something good to watch on Netflix this week. They even cut the three episodes of the Norwegian series War Sailor into one film in some markets. Ah! Not here, sadly. War Sailor remained a TV series about two World War II sailors and the Norwegian merchant ships that essentially saved Britain when she was otherwise cut off from the rest of the world. It's absolutely terrific and, movie or not, the best thing this week. On Netflix, as I say. Meanwhile, among the actual movies this week, one that particularly speaks to sports-mad New Zealand. It's called Air. They don't matter
0: about what... Feel is thinking, or anybody's thinking. All that matters is, how much do you believe? I believe in you.
1: Now, before we launch into the story of Michael Jordan, Nike, American basketball and the shoe that conquered the world, I should confess a conflict of interest... Or rather, a conflict involving a lack of interest. I know next to nothing about the history of basketball or American sport in general, which seems to be far more closely connected to big business than athletic achievement.
0: You know, I was actually expecting you to try to talk me out of it. You weren't going to listen anyway. But if you get fired, I got a one-bedroom apartment. I ain't got no more room for nobody. I'm sorry. I got two rags, one tower. That's all I got.
1: I also neither know nor care about the growth of the basketball shoe over the years. Shoes are things you wear until they wear out and then you buy another pair, is my attitude. I remember a Doonesbury cartoon from the period air is set in, the mid-80s. A character asks his daughter, what's a Reebok? Last year's cool shoe, she sneers. Dad's reaction to this is pretty much mine.
0: 1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down. Our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is.
1: What's a Converse? NBA all-star shoe. So I clearly know nothing about the events covered in air other than what they choose to tell me. And we open on Sonny Vaccaro, a deliberately pudgy Matt Damon, rather on the back foot. His job is growing the basketball side of shoe manufacturer Nike.
0: My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors on announced? I don't like to take no for an answer.
1: Oh, man, here we go. Nike's main threat is Converse, who've also cornered the market on big-name basketball players to promote their product. And there's another firm, Adidas, doing the same thing. Nike is currently running a poor third in the competition.
0: This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it.
1: I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus. Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. Sonny's boss is Rob Strasser, Jason Bateman, who's putting pressure on Sonny. We need big names, he says. But they've only got a certain amount of money to buy three reasonable-sized names. And the other problem is the Nike shoe is hardly an industry leader at the moment. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with.
0: Our basketball division is terrible.
1: I do not love it. But Sonny has an idea. Rather than buying three B-listers, why not shoot the pool on one A-lister? Or rather, one potential A-lister. Sonny takes the idea right to the top. That's right, he takes it to Phil Knight himself.
0: You ask me what I do here, this is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers
1: out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot
0: on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie, yeah.
1: You may not be surprised to learn that I'd never actually heard of Phil Knight until he turned up here, played by Ben Affleck. It would certainly come as a surprise to Ben, who also directed and produced Air. Ben and his old mate Matt Damon have clearly obsessed over every detail of this story since 1984, when they were both sports-mad teenagers.
0: Because I believe in your son. I believe he's different and I believe you might be the only person on Earth who knows
1: it. But for me, not an American sports-mad teenager, it was harder to get into air than the usual sports story. American sport isn't just about the result on the day. It's about statistics. Who's the greatest player that week, that year, the greatest of all time? How much are they worth? How much did they make from endorsements?
0: What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made.
1: Who's the player? Michael Jordan. The answer to many of these questions, to Ben and Matt certainly, and possibly the rest of America, is one name, Michael Jordan. Even I'd heard of Michael Jordan, though I may have struggled to remember the shoe, Nike's Air Jordan. But I have no idea quite how famous Jordan was in early 1984 when Nike put everything on him to sell their new footwear. God damn it, Sonny, what happened to a phone call? I'm calling you
0: now. I'm in the car. The rental car has a phone in it. it not me, the parents.
1: It would have been unprofessional for me to just call them up. Was he a complete rookie outsider, Jonah Lomu, before he joined the All Blacks? Or was he already a household name and, worth the king's ransom, Sonny, Phil, and Rob are prepared to gamble?
0: I believe in his son. I believe he's the future. And his story is going to make us want to fly. A shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it.
1: Viola Davis has a nice bet as Michael Jordan's savvy mum, who's obviously famous to the fans, as the power behind his eventual world-beating fame. But for me, the film was full of a lot of if-you-say-so moments. It looks good, though, and the music's fun in an American MTV sort of way. You'll motor! if you know anything about the rise of nike of michael jordan and the air jordan shoe there's probably a lot more for you in air than there was for me i do like all the actors and ben affleck is turning into a very useful director but next time they need to get out of their comfort zones and a bit more into mine got a
0: name for it air jordan i don't know seriously
1: Maybe it'll grow on me. The French film industry is a staple of most festivals around the world, including, of course, their own Cannes Film Festival. But the movies they make for their own audiences are often quite different from the challenging art films they enter in international competitions. They're the sort of films you'll find at the French Film Festival here. Films like Driving Madeleine.
0: Oh! Mais qu'est-ce que vous avez à klaxonner comme ça? Je suis prête. Avenue de Chavannes à Courbevoie. Oh, faut
1: traverser tout Paris, vous êtes au courant?
0: Si c'était à côté,
1: je ne vous aurais pas appelé. They're often light, funny, romantic, sentimental, and above all, hugely popular. And it's worth reminding the film Snobs that it's just as hard making a successful feel good story as it is summing up the meaning of life in an earnest art film. Driving Madeleine sees Charles, a hard up taxi driver, picking up 90 something Madeleine for a trip to the other side of Paris. Quel âge vous me donnez?
0: 80. Charmeur. J'ai 92 Les médecins pensent que c'est
1: mieux pour moi que je sois dans un établissement. Whoa! Attends! In France, the two stars are the point. Danny Boone, who plays Charles, is one of the top comedy actors in the country after his smash hit Welcome to the Sticks. Think of him as a sort of French Adam Sandler. And Lene Renault has been a household name in France since the 1950s. She actually comes from Armentier, apparently.
0: Madame from Armentier, the
1: So that's the setup for driving Madeleine. He's grumpy and terse. She's chatty, but on her way to a rest home. She's been told she can no longer live on her own. But since this is her last taxi ride, Madeleine wants to visit some places that were important to her. Ça vous ennuierait pas qu'on fasse un
0: petit détour par Vincennes? C'est pas notre chemin. Je sais, je sais. J'aimerais revoir mon ancien quartier.
1: OK. She goes to the old neighbourhoods, all quite different now, of course, and along the way, she talks about her life. Being French, that means talking about love, particularly her first loves at the end of the war. Charles sighs. This is going to be a long trip.
0: Le premier homme que j'embrassais, c'est Matt.
1: We, on the other hand, are delighted, particularly those of us who don't live in Paris. It's still, without a doubt, one of the most beautiful cities on Earth. And because of the deft plotting by writer-director Christian Carion, we're going to see a lot of the city before Madeleine reaches her destination. Carrion started out in life as a scientist and an engineer before turning to film. This may explain how skillfully he manages to knit the elements of driving Madeleine into one effective story.
0: Tout passe en un éclair. 76 ans
1: après, j'ai toujours le goût de ses baisers sur mes lèvres. As the film progresses, Madeleine's life story becomes increasingly unexpected, and against his will, Charles finds himself sucked into it, and more to the point, engaging with the effervescent Madeleine. And we know what's happening right from the start. It was clear we were likely to fall in love with Charles and Madeleine, but we go with it anyway.
0: Ça fait 30 ans que j'ai pas fumé, mais aujourd'hui c'est spécial. Vous savez ce que mon père me disait? Chaque colère est à coup de vieux.
1: Chaque sourire est un coup de jeune. Now, occasionally with French film festival movies like this there's a feeling of you had to be there not being French not knowing the context you can feel you're missing some of the fine points. Ça faut t'aller vous taper la cloche. Oh oui. Donc oh, oui. euh, on fait oui? on sera pas là avant une bonne heure voire deux. Oh, oh, oh. Comment Non 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 faut que les ententent. But not in this case. In fact, non Parisians may actually have an advantage. It's like a long awaited holiday as you pass not just the obvious landmarks, the Eiffel Tower, Notre Dame, the Arc de Triomphe, but lesser known picturesque districts of Paris. Je veux que vous sachiez que ce voyage en taxi avec vous a été une belle course. Even the title is a slight improvement on the original French one, Une Belle Course, a lovely ride. It's better than that, and as it heads towards the expected conclusion, we can only wish other countries put as much effort into satisfying audiences as Driving Madeleine does. So after a bumpy ride, the final film this week drives us straight to where we want to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week.